What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Just to, um, I've just started the podcast, just started recording, because as we were just saying, we're on about Irish runners. If you're not Irish, um, but like, say, for example, your family's Irish to an extent, you can technically run for Ireland, but you kind of wouldn't because you just get hated on. I feel like I want to bring up Jordan Guzman's um, sort of controversial move to Malta. If anyone's not heard of it, I heard someone give him a stick through the day for it on a podcast. And I'm not going to say why he changed, because it's not my place to say, but it, it wasn't purely because he wanted to get selected for teams. Um, the reason behind why he got selected is very valid. Um, so, yeah, just just anyone who thinks that Jordan Guzman copped out and went to Malta because he wanted to run at like the Olympics, for example, uh, that's not the case at all. And remember that he did beat Stuart McSwain anyway uh, last year or the year before. So, yeah. Yeah, that was in a 10K, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, so he didn't transfer to Malta just so he could get selected for things. Just uh, bear that in mind. Thank you. Yeah, it was pretty cool seeing his post the other day. Uh, just saying that, like, you know, sometimes he forgets how, like, sick of a runner he is because, obviously, he's on the comeback trail. And I get that because, I don't know, running, because it takes up so much of your time, it takes up so much of your identity, like, you sort of forget anything outside of running when you are a runner to a certain extent because like all your mates are usually involved in running and all that sort of stuff so for someone who's been injured for like so long it must be so easy to just forget like how sick you actually were and will be again you just kind of have to have that self-belief which obviously he does um can't wait to see him running again man yeah well i think he's especially like he's just gonna run like seriously quick i feel like he's probably going to be able to run sub 13 10 over the 5k in the coming years. And at the end of the day, he's one of the best members of Tim Man Elite. I think he might be the second fastest behind Drew. Like, and he doesn't get anywhere. And yeah, I'm pretty sure. And he doesn't get enough credit. So hopefully. Just because he's not, he's just not in the camera's face in Boulder. That's the tough thing. Like you, as soon as he's there and like, you get to know his personality a bit more. A lot, obviously, we we've spoken to him quite a lot, and he's such a cool guy, um, and just sort of so different from your like traditional runner. It's going to be great to see him like more and more on the Tin Man's YouTube, and and get people to see what he's actually sort of like, and not just uh, Jordan the runner, but Jordan the guy. Yeah, well, like I literally through lockdown, I played Warzone with him and his brother probably like four hours a day every day. Um, and not many people would just who who can run that time would just hop on 
technically of fans. Like we'd, he'd just hop on with followers as well, like all the time. Like I had a call with him a few weeks ago, and we just started video and calling people who follow him. Like Joe, just like <laughs> followers of him. Just like imagine, like for example, I'm trying to think, someone's like biggest fan was like Andy Butchart, for example, and then we just got on a call with Andy and then called people. It was that same thing. To be fair, I yeah. feel like Andy Butcher would do that, so that was probably a bad example. I'm trying to think of someone who wouldn't, but in anyway, it's same principle applies. It's just like he just finds it cool to like help people and like he does a lot for school, like school sport in Australia and everything like that. So and I know he coaches people in Malta. But anyway, moving away from Jordan, because I don't want to make this Oh my god, you know that um that Tommy Hughes bloke who ran that like mad half for a sixty year old. Yeah, 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 yeah. He just ran two thirty oh two for a marathon in uh, in Lisbon. What? Two thirty. Two thirty at sixty. That's, that's disgusting. Oh my! He'd still get dropped by Ben Parks though. So. Yeah, well, Ben Parks is king. In fact, that's another yeah. one. Joe Harold the other week I was asking uh, who would win in a race between Joshua Chepsey guy and Berte Bob over the five k. I feel yeah. like it's a question who's going to win over the marathon between Bikili and Ben Parks. Um, well, I mean, arguably it would be Ben Parks. Uh, in terms of being an inspiration to the sport, obviously it's Ben Parks. Um, it depends if he had his GoPro on him, I'm guessing. Um, if he doesn't run with a GoPro, then it's not, it's not real. Like, if he's not talking to the camera with 400 metres to go, just speaking to it like, yeah, I'm really, really hurting now. I'm in pain. This hurts, but I'm still like left arm swinging, right arm just staring at his GoPro and chatting away. What a guy. Yeah, we need him on the podcast. We haven't actually messaged him to ask, actually, have we, ever? That, that, would, would... Act, that would be cr- like, let's, right. So that's, okay, promise to anyone listening, we're going to try and get them parts on the podcast because it'd be quite cool. Last time we did that, we said we were going to promise censure it. And we actually arranged a podcast date and then we sort of never actually did it. And now we're sort of, I don't know. I feel like at the minute, we, I don't want to talk about this like too much, but we're so like encased in other work, whether that's tracks or university, we arrange these podcasts and with time zones and so many other things, it's so hard to actually get people on. Like at the minute, we're speaking with Whiteman, Butchart, Nico Young-Frazier, Cole Sprout, uh, Technically Centuritz. Uh, there's just so many different runners we're currently speaking to arranging podcasts and you just sort of get lost and sidetracked in it. So apologies, um, for delay on like those guests like really big name guests but i feel like eventually we'll get we'll get in the swing of things again where we sort of get these guests on and we are talking to them it's just sort of arranging it especially with off season people going on holidays and everything like that so it's just a bit tricky to sort of get everything in order and find good times to record with people but yeah ben parks number one priority going forward uh for the podcast definitely a hundred percent no question absolutely so we had some questions on the account, Alfie. I don't know if you have those to hand. I can get them up. I have them to hand, so it's completely fine with me uh, to get them Stop. up if, if you're all right with that. Um, yeah. So we're actually recording this straight after um, our podcast about the shoes, which I'm not sure which order they'll get released in, but yeah. Um, so yeah, we're just going to go through some questions. I feel like we haven't done this for a while on the podcast anyway. Um First question we've got here is five things you'd take if you were stranded on a desert island. Switching up from the generic running questions, but Rory, you can go first. Five things I'd take 
on a desert island. Uh, I mean, that's. I mean, firstly, um, probably. What would, what would that be? I mean, I take. I take a PS4 controller. I'd probably. T- oh no, actually, that's going to fill too many. No, I don't. I need. I need entertainment per day, right? So I need some shoes. I need some running shoes. Prefer- I'm going to take the ring con because then I can session in it. I can long run in it, right? So I'm taking a ring con. Um, right, that, that's my number five, Alfie. You go for your number five and then we'll keep going down the list. Okay, so first of all, you're on a desert island. So for me, that means sand. So I'm not going to take any shoes at all. I'm going to go for like the African sort of vibe where you're bare, footless, um, shoeless, shoeless running? Barefoot, barefoot running, that's it. There we go. Um, so the fifth one, I'd probably say some form of solar panel adapter thing. So like a solar panel transformer, you can get them, uh, where it's basically like a solar panel plug socket, essentially. Um, so you can sort of Agreed. plug anything in. We'll say, actually, any accessory you take, the plug comes with it. So like yeah. for an example, an iPhone, the charger comes with it, just to make it a bit easier. Yeah. So yeah, fifth one, solar panel sort of power thing. Yeah, I'd have to. Oh man, this is tough. I would. I'd be the same, right? I, I'd need a speaker. Like, I'd need tunes going quite regularly, especially if you're on a beach. Like, if you're just chilling there, you want your tunes on in the background. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna say, God, this sounds so bad. Like, I, I feel like I'm gonna regret this. Five things is tough, but yeah, I'm gonna go for the solar panel sort of charger, uh, and then I'm, I'm gonna have to say my phone. Yeah, I have to. That's so generic, but I, I need my phone. I feel like the phone is probably one what's going to get you probably quite a lot of value through entertainment. Um, are we saying there's a service on this this desert island, so like we can speak to people? Or yeah, there's there's four G. Okay, 4G. yeah, definitely phone. Then communication, everything like that, it's definitely valuable. I'm not sure how much you'd want to communicate with the outside world if you're on a desert island because it'd be kind of depressing, depressing knowing that you can't actually get back. So. I don't know. But yeah, definitely a phone. So that's two for me. Uh, yeah, um, I'd take tools, right? I'd take, I don't know what, I'd, I'd, I'd build my own track on the island. Um, I would, so, you know, I mean, there's going to be trees on the island. So I'm thinking, probably going to take a saw, just bash out and create my own Mondo track. Um, yeah. You know, IAAF standard type thing. Uh Fingers crossed on that island. You know those little, like, those pigs that love water? I don't know what island they're on, but have you seen the ones that swim? Yeah, swimming pigs, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, fingers crossed they're on my island because they could be my bros. And um, also food. No, they'd be my bro. I'd go vegan. I'd go vegan uh, so that they could just, I could be one with the island and not, like, eat my neighbours, basically. That's yeah. basically cannibalism at that point. Oh, I've got a good one, actually, for mine, actually. Because she'll, she'll like me for saying this, because she likes me including her in podcasts. I'd say my girlfriend. As much as I'd drag her there myself, but I feel like you need someone to, to be there for entertainment. Like, you know, there'd be no one to talk to. And I feel like if she's there, I can annoy her. So when I want to annoy her, I can annoy her, and that's fun. And then, you know, it's just someone to talk to, isn't it? So, yeah, probably my girlfriend. You're lucky you. I can't do that. Um, so I'd just be lonely. You know what? Like, I'd, I think... It would be. I'd probably have more peace. Like I'd, I'd just be there, all tranquil. No, like just, just me, myself, and I, chilling, listening to music. Like after a few years, it would probably get a little bit old. Uh, but I feel like if you were by yourself on a desert island, you'd lose your mind after a short amount of time anyway. 
Yeah. So, how long are you going to last before you're malnourished as well? Yeah, I'm clinically insane. So, like, realistically, you've only got to survive for the first two years before you're sort of just knocking out those years without even realising. Yeah. But that I feel like true. we've completely got sidetracked. I think we're, are we down to number two, number three? Yeah, I'll tell you what. Let's just, let's just reel off five quickly. You reel off five, I'll reel off five. Just oh. let me know what we've got. Right. Um, so... Tools. I, I just bring a toolbox. I want to say a toolbox, right? Yep. It's got multiple things inside of it, but yeah. Yep. Um, phone, solar power, um, pair of poker ring cons. Um, oh, um, oh, Alfie. Oh, what? What am I talking about? Coffee. Oh, you sad out. You so could grow, I, I, or, or you could bring coffee beans or whatever it takes to grow coffee, and they could grow your own coffee. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I'd do. Um, so yeah, I'd create my own coffee plant, and okay. then I would use fire to heat up the water. Um, I would create my own sieve to uh, to essentially drain the ground coffee. Uh, so I'd create my own filter filtration system for the coffee. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, I'd. That that's actually why one day I want to go to an island by myself and just drink coffee. So, my five again. I definitely think that would be nice. Actually, just drinking coffee by an island. Yeah, as we're both sat here drinking coffee right now. Um, mm. Tools, I agree with you. Solar power, yeah. Phone, yeah. Uh, I, I can't think of two more. So I feel like. I don't think I'd be able to make a fire that easily. So maybe, if I, yeah, you would. I guess you'd be able to use a magnifying glass or like friction or something. Um, okay, so maybe my Xbox, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat the system here. About. Hmm. You see, that's that's bad because you see what you've done is right. You've forgotten the fact that you've got tools, so you can make your own raft slash boat. Yeah, but. Would I be able to make that boat and go away, or would I rather just have a boat there, like a yacht, let's say, and I can just drive off? Depends, mate, because to me, if I'm going for the desert island vibes, I'm going pure grit. I'm talking befriend the pigs, make them my friends, make them work for me. Uh, I don't know if you've ever watched the In Between This movie 2. Yeah. Uh, tools also useful in case you get attacked by any koalas. You know, yep. drops out of a tree, Jay punches it. Um, <laughs> we don't advocate punching koalas. We advocate watching <laughs> in between us, though. Um, but yeah, so that would also be an essential. Uh, I can't believe what you said. Punch a koala on the podcast. Oh okay. <laughs> move on from the desert island. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. But yeah, and then Alfie, you take your girlfriend as well. Yeah, yeah, just just be nice. I'm sure she'd enjoy the holiday. Um, this one's for you very quickly to cover. I feel like a lot of people have this shin pain problem. That's all they've put, just shin pain problem. Not oh, asked a question, just said shin pain you, problem. You've so, come to the right place. Go for um, it. Right, make sure that the muscles that support your shin are in good condition as much as possible. Uh, whether that be your calf, whether that be your quad that affects your calf, make sure that that side is always 100%. And if you have like, if you're having shin problems, 
whatever side that problem is on, make sure all the muscles that work around it are not tight and are actually working probably. If your glutes aren't firing, figure out why your glutes aren't firing, uh, all that sort of stuff. Make sure that the flexion in your feet in terms of tarsals to toes um, is all working together. Make sure that you're not wearing carbon too much because regardless of what brand carbon you wear, if your toe, your big toe is not moving enough and there's not enough flexion going from toe to tarsal, then your post tib will not be working as efficiently and your shin will be relying on basically your foot just flapping up and down yep. without any actual movement. So all of that, there's so many things for the shins. There's so many things. Um, I stay off high impact roads as much. Uh, but also don't do uneven. too much soft. Yeah. Because... Sorry, sorry. Go on. No, go for it. No, sorry. I was, I was going to say avoid any... really slippy surfaces like snow or slippy grass because basically if you flex too much when you, you sort of flick, that really makes your, I can't remember the name of it, the muscle next to your shin on the outside of your shin really tight. Oh, um, slayers. Yeah, it might be the slayers. Um, it's definitely not the gastrocnemius. Yeah, the, I think it's the slayers. But it, it gets really tight um, from sort of slipping, I guess. So avoid running yeah. on wet grass as much, um, snow, that can aggravate it quite a lot as well. Yeah, definitely. And what I'd say is not too much of anything on one surface because if you normalise really, really soft grass and your bones start getting used to running fast and hard on soft grass, when you get on the road, are your bones going to be as comfortable running on road? Are they going to be as comfortable... Uh, in terms of like flexing over different uh, terrains, like what's your ankle flexion going to be like if you're literally just running on one surface all the time? Uh, there's loads of stuff for shins going about it forever, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that. Okay, and c completely switching up away from shins and back to sort of the questions what are going to get us talking. Um, favorite pickup lines? I feel like, yeah, favorite pickup lines. I don't really know what to say about that. You go I first. actually hate it. Uh, I hate the. I I don't use pickup lines because I just find it cringy and horrible. Um, and I'm I'm too scared to pop up to people. So, you know what? My my pickup lines are non-existent to be boring. Like I don't have any in my back pocket. I don't have any. However, Jordan Rowe. Uh, so at Jordan Rowe gave me a really good one. He said, if you ever popping up to a girl, use. Don't know if anyone's watched Anchorman. Uh, Great film, really good film. There's a gif from Anchorman when thingy Brian Fantana, or is it Brian Fantana? Or is it, it might be Brick. I think Brick Tamlin says, I would like to extend an invitation to the pants party. Um, and it's like a gif of him saying it. And then you can then, if, if she said yes or no, on the next one, you can use the gif of Brian Fantana saying, it works 60% of the time, every time. Uh, but I mean, that's completely on Jordan Rowe and that advice is taken from Jordan Rowe. I used it once, uh, didn't work. So, you know, you can't win them all, but yeah, that, that one's on Jordan. Um, I, I'd probably say generically, if, if we actually talk, it's straying away from sort of like your generic pickup lines. And actually, if you're actually trying to speak to someone, I'd just say be funny and be yourself. Um, 
unless you're really not funny and weird, then maybe don't be, no, always be yourself. I'm joking. Um, and just be funny. But if we're talking about pickup lines, um, probably my favorite one, purely based off because it's hilarious. Uh, it's my type of humor anyway, is you, you be the girl Rory here. And that, um, do you like raisins? No. Oh, uh, how about a date? Horrible. Awful. Hate that. Oh my god. Wow. You know what though? It's not even bad. No. It's, it's not. not even that bad. Oh Jesus Christ, Alfie. Are you, are you from France? Because <laughs> I fell for you. Uh... <sighs> I hate you've got these in your locker. I actually hate that these are off the top of your head. Uh, let me try and think. That's gonna be. Do you know what? I used to be really good. I used to be really funny, and then I feel like since I've had a girlfriend, there's just no need to be funny anymore because she's the funny one. So I've just got worse. Um, Love you for that. Because she's like really funny, and I don't know why I'm saying this. She's gonna be, yeah. I'm, she's not really funny. I'm the funny one, actually. Never mind. I'm not being a simp. Um, Lizzy, hell, Alfie, stop digging yourself out of a hole and change the subject. I was trying to think of one more pickup line. You you change the subject, and I'll probably interrupt you with a, a wonderful pickup line in a second. Okay, strong. Right, I'm going to go to the questions again and see what was what was getting asked because I've lost where I was at. Um, right, podcast questions. Shame problem. Favorite pickup lines. Shoes you use in a week. We've just covered that one for whoever that was. Don Run Priv, you're welcome. Uh, what are your plans? for your future in running, uh, moving up distances and different time goals, etc. I'm going to start off by saying, firstly... Actually, yeah. I'm going to start off by saying, firstly, do yeah. you believe in love at first sight or should I walk by again? And also, I'd quickly like to say, um, are you a transformer because you are Optimus Prime? Oh, no. Are you a transformer because you are Optimus Fine? Um, I'm going to go for them. Uh yeah, sorry, carry on. Right, horrible. Um, so, yeah, the our next plans. Well, for me, uh, the way I look at it is you get like 12, 13 years of really, really good years in athletics. Maybe you get more, maybe you get less. It's not the same for everyone, but I'd say like average, you get 12 years best. So if you think about that, it's not actually that long. Uh, so you've got to take everything that you can and you have to plan um efficiently and for me that is try and stay on the track uh and the shorter distances on the road up until the age of like 27 28 then start uh dipping the foot into some like half marathon on the roads all that sort of stuff but again it's different for everyone jake smith's running 60 30 on the road as a 23 year old uh which was which was sick uh so it is different for everyone but for me i'm gonna stick around the 5k 10k and still dropping down to those 1500s until I'm, you know, at least 27, uh, hopefully, and just keeping as much speed as possible. And then, you know, when I have to, I look forward to running a half marathon, but I also appreciate it's got to be done at the latter end of your career because it's just going to hurt. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it's probably going to, unless you're some sort of super, superhuman, it's probably going to leave you hurting for the rest of your life with your shins yeah. and knees. Um so shout out to anyone who actually does that. I, f I feel like Jake Smith, like we just said, and I guess Becky Briggs on the women's side are two prime examples of like younger, younger runners who are sort of taking that first step up and like showing exactly what you can do. 
in the sport of like longer distance when you actually prioritize it from a younger age. Um, yeah. cause they're both running absolutely amazing. Um, both obviously GB athletes for the half marathon world champs and everything like that. Um, I'd say similar to you probably stay in the three K five K 10 K on track for a while, sort of those same distance road races. Um, but I do feel like I've made more for the t- half marathon marathon. So yeah. like you said, 27, 28 to 30, move up into those distances because I really do like the longer tempos, everything like that. I think the guy said about times as well. Um, and the question, I think he was asking what times do we want to sort of target? And I feel like that's almost a bit different because you don't want to seem like an idiot for saying way too quick, do you? But in the same time, no. you've got to be optimistic. And also it's what you want to run. So I feel like in the 5K, 13, 20 is more than doable for anyone if they're actually training right and, you know, just dedicating to themselves to the sport. So I'm going to say sub 13, 20 on the track 5K, um, just as something I'd want to do. Joe, you know I mean, like, it'd be nice to sort of, but like, if you're taking it seriously, you've got to want to run sub 13, 20, aren't you really? Um, yeah. To make those championships and everything like that. So I'd say that on the track. And then I feel like 210 marathon, sub 210 marathon, since I train with a 210 marathon runner, it sort of makes me feel like it's a bit more achievable because obviously I see what he does week in, week out. Uh, and he is an absolute animal. But like, yeah, I'd probably say 13, 25K, a 10K scares me. So I'm not even going to say 10K time because it's too fast for too long. And then the marathon, I reckon around 210, maybe try and get 209 in the future. That would be my ideal progression. Anything faster, great. But that's sort of like me trying to be a bit more realistic as well as being optimistic as well yeah that's fair enough i think I, for me as soon as the shorter stuff i've still got quite a lot to prove on the shorter stuff uh i want to get my dad's times done he ran a 358 mile i want to run quicker than that he ran 340 15 i want to run quicker than that uh and then pretty much same as you i want to run under 13 20 on the road and on the track uh 10k want to run you know like sub 28 i mean this isn't me saying that like, i want to do this next year i want to do this now it's like yeah the, it, long term that's what i want like i want to be able to make an olympic team i want to be able to make a world champ so i want to keep running at the highest standard possible then when it gets to marathon i want to run you know sub 61 i think i think sub 61 is a great time and then i mean sub I don't 61 for the long. marathon wow wow half marathon sorry guys and then in terms of marathon, I don't even want to think about it. I genuinely don't. I don't want to put a time on it. I don't want to say if I'm even going to run one in the future. Probably will, because I feel like if you're a runner, you've got to try and last it to a marathon. You've got to try and do one. Yeah. Uh, and actually do one, not like sort of just get round. Like I want to do one. Uh, but I don't want to think about what time or whatever that is, because it just is so far in the future and I'm already scared of it. Yeah, I, th- I think the key is just progressing each year by year, improving. And I feel like if we both have a, a progression every year, by the time we're in peak of our fitness, then we should be challenging for the teams and everything. And that's just how it should be. And that's what you got to do. Like that like age, I feel like 24 to 34 is like the perfect age. Um, sort of where you're going to be Joe, like at your peak, whether that's at marathon or track, or maybe even older yeah. for marathon, like up to like 37, 38, I guess. Um, yeah. So like 24, let's say 24 to 36 is where you would want to be challenging for stuff. Uh, any earlier, you're an exceptionally talented runner, I feel like. 
um, to be any earlier than that, where, like, for example, Matt Ramsden, Drew Hunter and stuff like that, very, very talented runners, it's probably uncommon for anyone else to be sort of that level unless you're from East Africa or Jakob Ingebrigtsen. So, yeah, just 24 to 36, making sure you're training as much as you can, staying sensible, just being dedicated to the sport and anyone can sort of get up there, really. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think that's our, you know, target progression pretty much covered. Um, don't know if you had any more questions on on the end of it. Uh, can you, are you logged into the account? I've got yeah, the account I've got a few that. more. We, we, we're basically recording this basically as soon as we ask the questions. So apologies uh, if we've missed, I'm guessing we will have missed quite a lot because the story's not been up for long. Um, just a very quick one is opinion on the Eden Asa situation. Um, yeah. and also Jakob Ringerbritsen pulling out of the 10k road race so yeah. what? I guess we want to take the Eden Asa one first I don't really understand how she's allowed to run um, I don't know enough about it but four missed tests and a ban and an investigation should result in a long ban to me it feels like it should do, job. but apparently it's it's different. It seems like it's different rules for different people. I don't really get it because to me, like NASA's not. Like, I I can't see. I don't really fully understand if there would be corruption with with NASA because it's like, like yeah, she's great, but it's not like she's a good personality. So why would why would like we be worried about getting rid of her? Because facts are facts. Like people are treated differently at different standards like if you're like with someone like luke trainer british like i'm not going to say the the actual you know people that wanted him it, it's clear that that was like a bit of a witch hunt and they they were trying to get after him yeah. uh and he really wasn't given a chance to sort of fight his case as much as he should have been able to but then you get to like the, the top top level and people like coleman coleman gets away with it nasa gets away with it and you're thinking it's just not fair. Like it's tough. It's tough to watch. I hate to be the one to say this as well because I do love Kipchoge and all sort of the Kenyans. I feel like they're the worst. Um, Russia got banned as a as a nation from competitions. Kenya yeah. are exponentially more corrupt. Yeah. How aren't they getting banned? So here's the understand. problem. Here's the problem because Russia was obviously it was state sponsored doping, right? So it was actually like by the government, they were being funded to dope. Yeah. With Kenya, it's, like, it, it's different because it's organized by different doctors and different agents, which is so wrong. But I guess it can't be put on Kenya, Kenyan athletics because it's not funded by Kenya. It's funded by the agents or, or different doctors, this, that, or the other, or the several setups that there are. But if we look at numbers, Kenya, Kenya's numbers are worse than what the Russians were Russians were when they got banned. Yeah. So it's like, well, take a step back. Like what why why did Russia get like that ban if if Kenya don't need to? The facts are facts, like in distance events, the Kenyans are gonna be like right up there. They're yeah. gonna be right up there with with a lot of different nations given, but you're still gonna gonna have Kenyans at least in the top five in every distance event, probably. Kipchoge's Kenyan. Fingers crossed that, you know, it would kill me if ever that came out because I'm, I'm a big advocate and I, I want Kipchoge to be clean. I desperately want Kipchoge to be clean. But it's like with Kiprop, a lot of people love Kiprop. 
And then he makes up some like dumb lie saying he thought they were asking for petrol money. Like, come on, man. And it's, it just makes you realize that you can't always trust everyone because there was a while where I thought Kit Rock was probably clean. Uh, you get away with so many results for so many years and you think, how the hell can you dodge getting tested positive? So then you're thinking, well, there's no way. But then got caught. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's them where you don't want the best in the world to be doping. But at yeah. the same time, if there's all these people around them who are doping and they can't beat this person, then surely something must be going on where either they're doing something what's legal or they're doing something what's been covered up or they're just better than the dopers. It's, it's a weird one because it's how much doping makes a difference for starts. I guess we don't really know the figures of actually taking EPO, how much difference it makes and how yeah. much that difference makes in comparison to someone taking legal supplements. Like, well, that's you know, the thing. Netflix, right? Because you're probably listening to this because why would they not be? Uh, get an Icarus documentary done, not on cycling, but on running. Get a random bloke who's interested in it all, get a good, like, a decent scientist and trial. Have you watched the documentary Icarus? I haven't, but I, I'm guessing it's similar to sort of the Mo Farah documentary. Well, actually, episode two has not come out yet, has it? But I'm guessing no. it's similar to that. Well, Icarus is like, they get a cyclist, like yep. just a, a standard cyclist, and they basically, he, so he's a scientist himself, um, the cyclist, they get him on like loads of performance enhancing drugs and they're doping, like he's doping and, and they're tracking it and monitoring it uh, just as a trial, just as like a test. It's not like this guy's actually doping or whatever. I mean, he is doping, but not, he's not a professional athlete doing it. It's like, well, let's get a random bloke, like a club runner, uh, let's get him on this, that and the other and film it all and show the test and show what like the difference it actually makes. I'd be, I'd be intrigued to see that as a documentary. That's not me advocating doping. That's me saying, let's find out and let's show people how bad doping is and, and how much, how unfair it is when people are doing it. And especially when people have access to like a, a, a really big setup of doping where they're microdosing. Uh, so it's never going to show up and what that microdosing does, what that cocktail of supplements does, what those extra red blood cells do, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, if anyone's listening and want any um, volunteers, as long as I can get a legal exemption to be able to compete under these conditions, then I'll happily volunteer myself. Um, I could do with some ways of getting better at running. But yeah, as long as I get exemption, it's all legal, which I guess probably won't happen. But, you know, I'd love to be able to um, join an experimentation into the way of running and sort of, I don't know. I feel like obviously I'm joking about the taking of drugs part, but like, It'd be interesting to see how it, how much it actually affects people because yeah, like being day, a guinea pig for that would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, but I guess you've got to sort of write off your actual professional career before that happens because there'd be no sort of saying that people get banned and then come back. So maybe not actually. Um, but I, I feel like if you were if you were known for being a guinea pig and taking a, uh, performance enhancing drugs. And then coming back to the sport and yeah. running a professional career, it'd be a bit frowned upon. So I guess thing, Icarus was all filmed, but it was like it was done in secret. So all the sort of things came out afterwards. It's on, on Netflix. If anyone's listening, watch it. Uh, 
it is it is about cycling, but it's heavily relevant and it talks about um, the Russian scandal as well. Um, so yeah, Netflix. If you want it commissioned, we'll figure out someone who fancies it. We'll take care of everything. Just send, just you know, wire us. We'll put our uh, our card details somewhere. Just wire us a bit of money. We'll we'll take care of the rest. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. I feel like transition away from this, and this is quite a. This isn't a coincidence, and please no one shout us out for the, what we're next to transitioning away from because I don't want you to feel like we're connecting the two. Jakob Mingabritsen um, pulling him at that 10K race. And then yeah. also then doing a track session yesterday. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, hard, I'm finding it hard to connect the dots of pulling out of a, a race, I think due to an injury, and then doing a track session in spikes within less than a week of the race. It's, it is interesting. Uh, but, you know, if he's not 100%, if he just doesn't want to race right now, if he's taking a bit more time to get ready or more time to rest, recover, whatever it'll be, I think there's no point in him pushing any boundaries right now because he literally does not need to race until next year. Yeah. Anything he does in between now and next year is staying healthy and getting fit for the Olympics, which will, fingers crossed, go ahead. Yeah. I think for him, it's just being extra careful in everything that he does. Uh, if you look at a lot of athletes, they don't really start getting going. They do a little bit indoors just to find out where they're at. But for most elite athletes, it doesn't matter until next summer. Yeah. I think there is going to be an indoor season as well. So hopefully, I've heard apparently that there's going to be European indoors, um, which would be absolutely mental. Don't know how it's going to go ahead yet, but if it does, I guess that we're at a point now where how can it not sort of I guess it'll be behind closed doors obviously I'm guessing so I guess you can get elite athletes together and compete it's a different event to the Olympics isn't it so yeah hopefully I mean, see it, there. Be, it can happen Mike the thing is if you have COVID tests upon entry and then you're isolating in your room but let's say you put core rooms out in like isolated tents outside of the track and then all it is, is you walk from the outside through the door to the inside, you race, and then you're back out of the track and you're back to your room sort of thing or back to your bubble. Yeah. It, surely. Surely. Well, I guess other sports have done it successfully this year, like basketball, for example. So can't see why we can't go ahead. And I'm guessing they are planning for it to go ahead. So it'd be great to see. And I feel like that means we'd have to have a British chance as well. Um, to qualify for it Actually, yeah well that's well, that's the other thing it's like then it trickles down because it's like well where can you run a qualifying time to get in yeah and then where can you run a qualifying time to get into the British champs that, and then exactly. where can you where can you do a race to sort of get warmed up um, for that race so and that's yeah. and because it trickles down that way it's just like going to have to be ruthless in race planning and potentially race when you're not 100% ready just to try and get anything you can get which is what I think I, I might have to do because you can't you can't be a hundred percent all the time, but you've got to take an opportunity when you can. Uh, so yeah, yeah the, the sort of spring is going to be going to be really interesting. But yeah, I don't know if you had anything else to to cover. Well, considering I can see the light in the sky fading away, and I still need to do a, a longer run, I feel like I'm going to leave it there because this is going to be interesting. Um, if I don't set off soon because I'll be running in pitch black everywhere so yeah I don't have anything else to say other than sorry if we've offended anyone with our topics today talking about you know drugs and everything but I feel like 
where we speak from is just from knowledge that we have obtained from different sources and also like the news articles and things. So apologies if any of it is not factually correct, but I feel like you've got other people to blame if it's not because we've literally just read it elsewhere. So yeah, we try to speak, speak factually, don't we? So we don't want to like say anything. What's we don't know, like is basically true or hundred percent, like 99% true. So yeah. So apologies if anyone's taken it the wrong way, what we said today, but I feel like I have to put that out there just because of, I don't know. Some of the comments we got on Instagram sometimes make me feel like I need to justify everything we say. So, yeah. Yeah. That's... If you're ever worried, if something sounds a little bit unpressed, we're joking. Take it as a joke. We're British. Sometimes cross a line when it's a joke, but you know what? Like, don't don't take the world so seriously. Yeah. As a uh, Elon, uh, not as Elon Musk, as Kirsten Warholm just said in a flow chat podcast, shit happens. So, yeah, wise yep. words from Carson Warholm. Big up. Good night. Yeah, good night. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to eleven grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.